Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Hello there you people and welcome back once again to Dissecting Dexter. I'm Gareth Watkins, your host coming to you from a rainy but beautiful rural North Yorkshire, England in the mobile studio where it's a bit cold. Autumn is here. Yes, summer is gone. That's it. That's it now. No more warm days until probably June. God. Hopefully not. No. (laughs) But um, we soldier on and uh, obviously I'm used to recording Dexter podcasts in cold weather so uh, this is no strange situation for me but uh, do excuse the pitter-patter off the roof if uh, this rain gets any heavier. Um, No recording from outside today. So how are you all doing? It's uh, Well, I'm I'm trying to get this podcast out here a bit quicker this week. It was, I was obviously late last week for for a couple of reasons that I talked about. Um, No such distractions so far this week. So I'm recording this review on the Tuesday. Uh, Obviously the episode aired Sunday. I watched last night. uh, So the episode's all fresh in my mind. And um, hopefully this podcast won't, well I say hopefully, some of you may... Uh, appreciate the longer podcast I, I don't know um last week's did go for best part of an hour and three quarters <laughs> um it's funny episodes where i think i've not got that much to say or not not that much analysis really to go into uh such as last week uh, so my review the, the review itself I think it's not going to go on for so long, so maybe with the feedback, maybe it won't be such a long podcast. But uh, you guys always come up trumps with uh, with with loads of great feedback and comments. Um, so so that was definitely the lion's share last week, and I think um, this podcast is is regarded from from what I gather within the Dexter online community as, as the podcast that um, that features listener feedback uh, very prominently and. Um, I make no apologies for that because uh, it is a community and uh, I like to give as much airtime to your, well more, <laughs> more airtime to your opinions than mine. Um, but yeah, I think community is the word there and uh, I'm going to miss the community when season eight is done. Uh, obviously, the, the as I said, the podcast won't be going away. The rewatches will resume, but um, there won't be the same... There won't be the same group of people listening and certainly not the same group contributing. Um, Inevitably, most people listen for the the new shows and uh, want to uh, speculate and pose theories rather than commenting on on episodes they might have seen before, as is the situation with the rewatches. So, yeah, it's fine. So inevitably, the community will disband to an extent uh, after next week. uh, And I'll miss that. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk more about that next week. Uh, So this is my final solo review podcast of a new Dexter episode. So a little bit of a momentous occasion because as is tradition when uh, the finale comes around, uh, I I do a bit of a community call or at least an online call with uh, an invited Invited guests. That almost sounded like uninvited. (laughs) Uh, That hasn't happened yet. Invited guests. (laughs) Next week for the finale, the series finale, I'd like to try something different 
Now, I, I did mention this on the Facebook page. If, if you uh, uh, follow the, the posts on there, it's www.facebook.com slash dissectingdexter. And on there, I said that this year for the finale, the series finale, I'd like to do something a bit different. And that is, and I don't know how well this is going to work. <laughs> so I may end up regretting doing this if it becomes too much of a logistical nightmare or too much of a free for all. But I'd like to open the lines up to anybody who wants to call in and, uh, and contribute. Uh, so what I've done, I've set up a Skype account for the podcast. So if you go onto Skype and add dissecting.dexter, and that's me. It's not my personal account, so chances are you, <laughs> until next week, you won't find it online at all. Um, but add me on there, and if you want to join in with the podcast for the finale, um, I will update the Facebook page and the Twitter feed, certainly the Facebook page, with details of the time when the podcast will be recorded. I will invite uh, certain guests um, to join me, so if nobody calls in at least <laughs> there'll be a few of us to uh, dissect the finale and talk about the season and probably the series in general. So we could go quite a while. <laughs> uh, be prepared for a two-hour podcast, maybe. <laughs> Who knows, you might dry up after ten minutes, but um, chances are that won't happen. It hasn't before. Dissecting.dexter. Had me on Skype. It may well be next Tuesday or Wednesday night. Follow the Facebook page, and I will put details on there. Um, what will happen is the call will start, and... I will have a chat with the panel that I invite on. And then we'll open up to guests, to, to callers. Um, so what might happen is, and I've not done a trial run of this, this will very much be suck it and see. <laughs> so you'll have to bear with me. Um, if you want to call in, I will bring you into the conference uh, so you can listen to what's going on, but I'll probably keep you muted, uh, keep new callers muted until such point as I can bring you in. Um, so bear with us. It may end up meaning that I don't play that much of an active role in, in the discussion as I'm juggling callers. Uh, we'll see. But as it's our last, our last um, sort of get-together in this way to talk about new Dexter... Um, I thought I'd just try something a bit different and uh, give some of you a chance to come on. Even if you just want to come on for five minutes, maybe ask a question. Uh, maybe you just want to say, this season was a pile of pants and I hated it. Um, the show ended at the end of season four for me. You know, it's just something like, if, <laughs> whatever, whatever your opinion. If you just want to come on and say hello, uh, hello and then, and then get going again. That's entirely your prerogative. Whatever you want to say. Hey, if you want to come on and share some Dexter spoilers, then fill your boots. <laughs> um, let's see how it goes. So next week, dissecting.dexter. Add me. Um, and the other bit of housekeeping, uh, I mentioned this last week. I do intend to do a top five highlights of season eight podcast. Um, probably in, I don't know, two or three weeks time. Once I've done, once we've done the finale podcast, there'll be the feedback special when that will be a solo podcast when I go through all your feedback from the finale. Uh, and then after that, I'll do a top five rundown of your, your highlights of the season. So after the finale next week, if you want to think about that, drop, 
me a line to dissectingdexter at gmail.com with your top five highlights of the season uh, in uh, ranked in order from five down to one being your favourite and uh, I'll collate all your votes as I have done in previous seasons and um, hopefully we'll have, a, we'll have a little bit of fun with that. Okay. I think that's it for the housekeeping. Quite an intro, eight minutes. Right, <laughs> let's get into this week's episode. It's the penultimate episode of the entire series. Season 8, episode 11, Monkey in a Box, written by Tim Schlappman and Wendy West, directed by Ernest Dickerson. Original air date, the 15th of September, 2013. Here we go. So, can we say he's there now? <laughs> Dexter's reached his goal of becoming human. Dexter had an epiphany with a victim right in front of him, or so it seemed. Someone very bloody dangerous who would want to do Dexter and his loved ones great harm if he was free. And he decided to let him live. A, a final grand rejection of the dark need that's driven him for as long as he can remember. He realised he doesn't actually need to kill this man. Ordinarily, this would be a wonderful moment. But under the circumstances, let's face it, it was pretty fucking stupid. At least, it was pretty stupid to leave Deb alone with the guy. What he should have done was give Oliver another dose of M99 to make sure Deb could cuff him without worrying about getting the back of her head drilled off. Outside, Harry vanishes, saying... Dexter no longer needs him. That itself was a nice moment, if I wasn't now fearing for Deb's life, thinking Dexter's left her alone with that psycho. For his character journey alone, it was a big moment, as was the scene with Oliver back in the hospital. It's pretty colossal, really, Dexter making the choice of which world he wants to live in, perhaps taking the permanent leap. And I might have been pleased for him had I not been sitting there thinking, Dexter... You've done it again. You messed around with Trinity, pursuing him, getting his attention, putting your loved ones in harm's way, and it cost you dearly. And now he's done the same with Oliver, who I got the feeling might have been genuine about his offer of truce. His reaction at seeing his face on the TV news suggested that to me anyway. You can argue that Dexter couldn't take the chance couldn't take the chance Oliver wouldn't come back and get Deb or Hannah or someone but remember he has brought this situation about himself forcing Vogel to choose against her son if he'd known then that he would end up feeling this way and not needing to kill Oliver when it came down to it he might have worked the situation differently but then hindsight is a wonderful thing and it all led to Deb taking a bullet I must admit that I wasn't surprised she got hurt Possibly fatally, next week will tell. But the build-up we've had over the last couple of weeks with her life kind of sorting itself out with hope for her future, her personal life, maybe getting back with Quinn, although I think, you know, it's not so long ago she was in love with Dexter, so, you know, quite a big turnaround there, but okay. We had the beer and steak scene with Dexter, which I really liked, but it had all the hallmarks or under the circumstances of a last supper. Dexter anxious, 
expecting Oliver to show up at any time, but Deb determined for them to share a steak before he leaves town. It was a nice scene. They've really repaired their relationship, and largely thanks to Dr Vogel. I like their little moment in Deb's house when she learned that Vogel was dead. She put a hand on Dexter's shoulder, and he, he put his hand up to touch her hand. A, a, nice, a nice beat there. A nice moment of closeness. I thought it was a nicely written scene when they had dinner together, and I, I understand it was Wendy West who wrote that scene. And, of course, she specialises in dinner scenes. <laughs> We've talked about before. Although there wasn't a lot of eating going on. How tough would that steak have been when they finally got done talking? So, Deb's saying how Dex has never given up on her, even when the worst stuff has been happening, and and that in the future, Dex uh, won't be there for her to lean on if things go wrong again. You're not that person anymore. You're stronger than that. You're stronger than I'll ever be. I'm not. Dad and Vogel gave me the code so I'd know the right thing to do, but you, you've always just known. It's the compass I always wished I had. And as long as you listen to that, you won't need me. You'll be fine. Maybe. But don't ever think that it was the code that made you a good brother. There's a human being in there. There always has been. Even if you can't see it. Some people may consider the dialogue cliché, but I appreciated it. It was like affirmation for Dexter of who he is how someone he loves perceives him. He's the unreliable narrator, we know that. He has seldom recognised the positives in himself. The smile on his face when Deb told him. I like that. You know, <laughs> it's typical of me to jump about a lot when doing these reviews. When I do the rewatches, I'm so much more ordered. Such a neat podcasting monster. <laughs> recapping and reviewing the episodes in the order that things appear. So, with that in mind, from a scene sort of two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through the episode, let's jump back to the start, when there was one of my grumbles. Because this episode wasn't perfect, by any means. Dexter, the computer expert, erasing all reference to him on Vogel's laptop. Like he had time to remove any and all traces or mentions, surely he'd have... He'd have had to read far more than he had time for. Not everything about him will be neatly labelled in, uh, in, in folders or files with Dexter in the file name. A minor grumble, really, compared to his outrageous IT skills last week with that Trojan programme. And he was talking about removing all traces of himself from Vogel's life, going around her, her house, opening and closing cupboards and drawers and things, not wearing any gloves. Hmm, there we go. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we see Hannah is yet still hanging out at Deb's place. I know they don't know the marshal has been to the hospital to find out she was there, but they do know he was at the house sniffing around. I know that exercising extreme caution is something Hannah's forgotten about lately, but really, does she want to get caught that much? 
But despite that, I did get the sense of tension increasing further from last week. I was pretty nervous, actually. <laughs> Primarily for Deb. In fact, almost purely for Deb. Just waiting for something bad to happen to her. I wasn't nervous for Hannah at all, which is obviously a failure by the show to have me care for her. But despite everything, we all still love Deb, don't we? Nearly everything this week was serving to build up the tension. Dexter putting his apartment on the market. A fun little throwback to season three with Miguel Prado's wife as the real estate agent. Although, what a piss take for Dexter to hire the wife of the man he throttled to death. Did nothing in his season eight close-to-human mind think that might be in poor taste? <laughs> anyway, surprise, surprise, Oliver comes to view the house. Not a biggie in itself, in that he already knew where Dexter lived, but they had an interesting conversation in which Oliver offered a truce. Did you buy it as genuine? Like I said, from his reaction later when he saw the leaked video on the news, I got the feeling he might have been willing to keep to it. He knows Dexter's dangerous, but then Dexter has so much more to lose. It was a pretty generous offer on Oliver's part, I think. But Dexter, he couldn't let it go, could he? Like with Trinity, he just had to kill him. He went to the creepy abandoned hospital, which was a wonderfully cliché night shoot. The cliché creepiness definitely worked on my wife, who was half expecting Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger to jump out at any moment. <laughs> this sequence led to another grumble of mine this week, and it's another computer-related one. Oliver goes to great lengths to hide his laptop, but doesn't stick a password on there. Mind you, if he had put a password on there, we'd have been complaining about how easily Dexter had cracked it by trying words like brain core or melon scoop. You know, something like that would have worked. So I guess they can't win, but we always reserve the right to nitpick, don't we? But this led to a scenario that reminded me of season four and three to an extent, where we got Dexter after Oliver and Oliver after Dexter who will get to who first. A race that Miguel Prado lost in season three, or in season four, who can do damage first. A race that Dexter lost. Maintaining a rumble of threat elsewhere with the Marshal and Elway. There's still the matter of the lost jewels, by the way. Given Elway's continued interest in the reward money for Hannah, I'd say he doesn't have them. I wonder... If Dexter will find the jewels in Deb's stuff next week. But we had Elway forcing his way into Deb's house, which rightly pissed her off, but signalled his continued and direct involvement in the search for Hannah. Evidently, the marshal was able to get a warrant to properly search Deb's house, though. I presume they have powers to do that when the owner's not in. Elway sensibly turned his attention to looking into flights out, while the marshal sensibly decided to tell the Morgans. You might argue that this is something Dexter or Deb ought to have considered, or been wary of, given their awareness of the investigation and suspicion from this marshal. It obviously set the marshal up to be a tool in Oliver's escape. But before we get to that, I liked that Deb helped Dexter catch him, but the manner in which they did it was pretty crap. I mean, Oliver creeping past the window, beautifully backlit like a villain from an old silent movie. You could almost hear the... You could almost picture him twirling the ends of his moustache and hear his evil laugh. 
And it was pretty poor on Oliver's part to allow himself to be so visible in his approach, but there we are, I guess he's got something in common with Dexter, having crap field craft. But they got him. Actually, Deb changed her tune, didn't she? Earlier, she'd made a point of saying she was going to start back at Miami Metro to um, use those, or the inference being that she would use those resources, resources to get after Oliver. But she made the point that if she got to him, she'd bring him in and not hand him to Dexter. Perhaps when she saw what Dexter had done with sending the video in, she knew Oliver would be even more dangerous, presenting an immediate threat. So no time for messing, just get him. This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast. It doesn't matter what I do. Born in blood. Both of us. And so we come to the hospital. And an interesting scene between Dexter and Oliver, which has drawn some criticism for recycling Dexter's dialogue about Miami from season one. I noticed the parallel too, but it, it didn't upset me, to be honest. It was there to illustrate that Oliver is more like season one Dexter. And he's so far removed from what Dexter's become. That's so obvious. I don't know how much Vogel would have been able to do for him, really. He's way past redemption. I did enjoy, or quite enjoy, actor... Uh, what's his name? Darry Ingolson. Um, I did quite enjoy his performance in this scene. I'd been dubious about him last week. The breakfast scene with Vogel. He was very wooden and overacted. Just not great. And highlighted all the more acting opposite a, vetr a veteran like Charlotte Rampling. But this week, I thought he was cooler and more convincing. The conversation with Dexter at the end here drifted to Hannah. Dexter's saying he'd rather be with her now than here with Oliver. And this resonates with him in that moment. He's thinking, hang on, I would rather be with Hannah than here killing Oliver. For so long, the kill has been the thing. He's put everything else aside to get the kill, even to his cost at times. But now... This is usually my favourite moment. The kill. The moment before the kill, the kill itself, the moment right after. No, I don't even want to be here. Feeling a much stronger pull. I don't need to kill you. Then don't. Walk away. I will. I guess I'll live to see another day. Oh no, you're still gonna die. Just gonna be in the electric chair. <laughs> So he pulls Deb directly into harm's way. I mean, he calls Deb to come and arrest Oliver. <laughs> but in doing so, and through his actions afterwards, puts Deb into harm's way. And when she gets to the hospital, we find out which Morgan the marshal was following. And so the tension picks up another notch. Deb and Dex chatting in a corridor outside a room where Dexter's got a serial murderer rest restrained in a chair, surrounded with knives. It wouldn't look good for an officer of the law to stumble in, would it? So at this point, I'm hoping Dex stays long enough for Deb to get Oliver in cuffs, but at the back, just in my heart of hearts, I knew that wasn't going to happen. He's in this fuzzy place where he wants to get back to Hannah's arms, ASAP. 
But I am surprised by what happens. Not surprised for the purposes of creating danger and tension, but I am surprised for reasons of logic. Why, oh why, would Dexter leave his sister with such a dangerous killer? Why? Very poor decision and bad writing to have Dexter do this. But I guess in the context of the season, this has been an ongoing theme that so many of you have picked up on. So maybe I shouldn't be surprised. What difference would five minutes make Dex? To help Deb cuff Oliver and make sure he didn't try anything? That's assuming Dexter didn't have another shot of M99. That would have been ideal. I know Dex says he's got a plane to catch, but really, what price is sister's safety? It's a shame because... With that in my mind, it lessened the moment that came next. All right, once I get settled, I'm going to figure out a way to get in touch with you. Dexter. My car, I'll leave it at the airport. Dexter. And... What? Gailey's fucking hugging. This is just for right now. It's not forever. I know that fuck face. Go get on a plane. I will. Are you sure about this, Dexter? I am. I never thought this day would come. You don't need me anymore short but sweet moment between Deb and Dex their hug there Dex doesn't do affection very well and while the hug was touching I couldn't help but feel it might be our last goodbye knowing the almighty screw up Dex has probably made by leaving her alone with Oliver and the wild card of the marshal still to be accounted for Deb's surprisingly composed there though and then Harry's comment of course speaking as part of Dexter's own mind I didn't think this day would come Dexter himself thinking this day would never come, and so true. For so long he thought himself beyond help, resigned to being the monster that he thought himself to be. I know I've said that line before, but it was a significant moment for the character. Like he's stepping out into the light, although Dexter has his own metaphor about light in his closing monologue. So, back to the action. Now, I'd been under the impression that Deputy Marshal Cooper, was it? Cooper is surname? I keep calling him the Marshal. <laughs> uh, Lem from the Shield. <laughs> Marshal Lem. Uh, that he was a fairly intelligent man. He'd known that something was fishy about Dexter and Deb's responses to his questioning regarding Hannah over the last three episodes or so. He was working with Elway and between them they had quite a good plan to work towards capturing her. But in the end, he was more like Deputy Marshal Plonker, as he wasted no time in releasing Oliver. OK, in the moment, he didn't know who this guy was, but then shouldn't that give a US Marshal reason to pause for a second, rather than just rushing to release him? He presumably made a quick assessment of the situation that was totally wrong. <laughs> in his defence, though, in the real world, you don't expect to come across a serial killer every day, and he had he had no reason to suspect Dexter or Deb or anything like that, or connected to anything like that. He was after Hannah, and he obviously thought tailing Deb would lead him to her, or at least give him a clue. 
He opens the door to be shocked by the sight of this gagged man, restrained to a chair with knives all over the place. Why would he suspect the estranged man was the danger? He had a gun after all, not that it helped him in the end, so while we can roll our eyes at what he did, we had the luxury, we had the luxury as the audience, of full knowledge of the situation, so to us it is stupid to release a serial killer like that, but the marshal didn't know that's what he was. But you could argue that he should have an idea. Oliver's face had been all over TV since the night before. Had the marshal not been near a TV or a radio since then? Do they not give out bulletins to their agents? I know he's not part of the police force, but... I don't know, something of this significance, something of this importance, shouldn't it be a case of notify all officers connected to law enforcement? I mean, I don't know how the Marshal Service works, whether they're connected to police bulletins in that way. I don't know. But... He was in Deb's house with all those, um, with all those presumably other members of the Marshal Service and Elway. And no one mentioned, hey, they're out looking for a serial killer, it's all over the news. So you could rightly argue that he ought to have had some knowledge of this. However, at the end of the day, it suited the plot for him not to. So, <laughs> convenient plot device. <laughs> so he lets Oliver free and it costs him his life. Actually... As I watched, I counted aloud, down from five to one, and I got to one just as the knife went in. I know, no one likes a smart ass, but it was so obvious what was going to happen. And then in comes Deb. Now, I was pretty worried for this episode, as I've mentioned. There was so much foreshadowing, and I was looking at her, imagining her being discovered later with the back of her head missing. Luckily, that wasn't to be the case, but it didn't look good for her at the end. The wound looked pretty bad. I do wonder at her reactions, though. She had her gun pointing right at Oliver, yet he had the speed to bring his gun to bear and squeeze off a shot on target before she had time to do anything. She managed to wing him on his way out, but he got away. Whether he skips town now and is never seen again, that may well be, but it leaves Deb in a bloody spot, literally. From the close-up, it looked like Deb got hit in her side, possibly a through-and-through, but very quickly there was a big pool of blood there. She's called for backup, so help is on the way, but at that rate of bleeding, she could be dead before they get there. And we close out with a suitably profound metaphorical monologue from Dexter. I liked how he talked about the people who came into his life and how they turned on a light to drown his darkness. At first he was blinded by it, he says, referring to Rita, I suspect and then his eyes adjusted to allow him to see more clearly. All smiles as he and Harrison leave the apartment for what they assume is the last time, and then we go to black, and there's the rumble of thunder, a portent of a storm coming. And that's it. So, clearly the move to Argentina is not going to go smoothly, if at all, and my money at the moment is on the move not happening at all. Elway could have Hannah apprehended by alerting airport security, or he could just tell her to go with him, or he will alert security. Either way, I don't see her making the flight. I can also see Dexter getting a phone call from Quinn about Deb, forcing him to choose between carrying on and going to the airport, or diverting to the hospital but missing the flight. The question remains as to whether Deb will survive, and you know what? I do care what happens to Deb. 
she doesn't deserve to die, which might make it more likely that she will. And maybe my prediction from earlier in the season, when we heard that song, Make Your Own Kind of Music, and we talked about the lyrics, and I predicted that Dexter will end up alone, maybe that could come true. Or just him with Harrison. The unknown for me is how much this Hurricane Laura will play a part. It could certainly ground planes and stop him escaping by boat. And the name Laura, obviously a connection to his mother's name there. It's interestingly poised, and despite most of the season being pretty lacklustre, I can see the arc they were going for. Dexter finally becoming human, and recognising the fact, and accepting it. They've just not done it in a compelling way, and with all the logic holes and meaningless or seemingly meaningless distractions that we've been complaining about for weeks. Lack of tension. And the tension this week, and to a lesser extent last week, it's this sort of nervousness and suspense that I personally wanted from mid-season, once we moved past the Deb depression storyline, which I did enjoy, and uh, particularly for Carpenter's wonderful performance. But... It obviously didn't happen, and they failed to give us the compelling high drama we'd all been hoping for. This week did play as a fairly decent penultimate episode for me, what with my new resolve that I talked about last week. So, I hope you forgiving me f forgive me for being pretty positive this week, with the, <laughs> with the caveats that I've talked about, the, the, the gripes I've mentioned. Unfortunately, the show has reduced our collective level of investment too much already for this to be completely compelling. I can't say I love the episode, but relative to the rest of the season, this was an improvement, but I do know that many of you quite enjoyed it too. But having seen some of your feedback already, I fear this next segment could be tough going as I, <laughs> as I turn things over to you. Listener Feedback Well, as you'd imagine, there's still a large proportion of you in the negative camp. The happy train has long since departed, and I'm sure none of you take pleasure in that. There is some positivity out there, and it sounds like at least some of you have tried to adopt my own attitude, my new attitude, my new resolve, as I've referred to it. And you'll have gathered from my review, it did help me enjoy this one more than it might have. Now, as always, um, there's been... A good response on Facebook. You know who you are. And I, I did neglect to mention someone who, um, uh, last week, who uh, has tried to remain positive throughout all the uh, all the negativity lately. And that's Scott Singleton, who has sometimes been a, a lone voice out there, <laughs> certainly amongst those posting on the Facebook page. Uh, so uh, credit to you, Scott, for uh, putting yourself out there as a, as a positive voice. And... Um, Sorry I didn't mention you last week. Uh, so there's, again, there's all the usual suspects have, <laughs> have been on the Facebook page discussing this latest episode. Uh, so thanks for uh, your contributions there and for keeping the page alive and kicking during this season. Um, on the emails, Julian Adal from Arizona 
she wrote in between episodes with some good thoughts on the different characters, sharing the opinions of a lot of us about the shortcomings and was especially scathing about Hannah. She also says, and I quote, Don't get me wrong, I don't subscribe to the idea that all of a sudden the Sh Dexter show has fallen off. The show has always had a truly unbelievable quality from season two and onwards. The... So I read that again. From season two and onwards, Dexter and supporting characters have always made very strange life choices that conveniently serve plot development. I didn't like it, but I accepted it. I just wanted this last season to be, well, I guess I wanted two things. I wanted him exposed. I wanted him to have to deal with his face plastered on the wanted posters across Miami. I wanted the precinct to somehow find out everything about him and I wanted a manhunt. I just think the most exciting, intense thing possible would have been to have everyone know, and Dex on the run. I wanted him to end up in Europe, or just out of the country. Dexter in any other country would still be an exciting Dexter, I think. I wanted his super-secret existence to be blown wide open. But I do realise that this is just what I wanted. I have long ago let go of what I wanted, and just let the show take me where it wants to go, even if it seems an un a highly unlikely direction. That is the only way to enjoy any show, or you'll drive yourself crazy otherwise. The show is in the bag. These characters will soon be no more, and that's that. It's time to enjoy what you can, and come to terms with the fact that you will not enjoy everything. If you want that to be the case, then you should probably become a writer for your own show. Not you in particular, just people in general. I love your podcast. Keep it up. What are your other podcasts? I want them too. I love to hear about your life in the English countryside. I've been paying special attention as I'll be going there for my honeymoon next April, road tripping from London to the Scottish Highlands. We are super excited. Wish us luck with driving on the opposite side of the road, although we did get some practice in Jamaica. Thanks very much, Julia. You share the thoughts of so many of us about what we'd hoped for this season. It seems such an obvious choice. It's not like people have been saying, oh, I'm so glad they took this direction. A, sense, a season of tension and Dexter in danger of exposure would have been so lame. No, <laughs> no one said that. No one. As far as I've seen, everyone wanted and was hoping for something suspenseful, something tense and compelling. It was so obvious. It seemed like a no-brainer. And in uh, a further character study and love story wasn't on anyone's agenda. Indeed, it could have been quite possible to have someone like Batista sniffing around Dexter's secret and even finding him out and even a manhunt and have that running in parallel with what would have been an all the more ironic story of Dexter realising he doesn't need to kill anymore and the lovey stuff if they really had to. It would have saved them needing to kill time on Quimmy or Masuka's daughter and, and stuff like that and made for a much leaner season. We didn't need to have anything about Zack Hamilton. None of those distractions. What I'm getting at is that I'm not hearing anyone saying this lacklustre season is just what they wanted. The creative team have completely misjudged what the audience wanted. They will argue that this is the story they wanted to tell, but really, they're putting out a piece of entertainment for a viewing public. They could have found a balance between the two, of what they wanted to do and what the audience, what they perceived the audience wanted. But you're right to point out that if we get too hung up on what might have been, and <laughs> I think we probably have been getting very hung up on what might have been and what we'd have liked from this season, and I'm sure you've not heard the last of it. But 
we've been guilty of that with shows before I keep referring to Lost, and that was another one who, for many, the final, the enjoyment of the final season was spoilt because people had invested so much that they'd got so hung up on what they wanted from the final season, and when it wasn't delivered, they were heading for nothing but dis- disappointment, and sadly, a lot of people's opinions of Lost is tainted by that final season and the, the disappointment that um, came with it. So, this argument will rage on. <laughs> but your question about my other podcasts, I have one other that I do mention occasionally on here. Um, it always goes on hiatus when Dexter's airing. It's called Gareth's Waste of Time, and it's really a forum for me to chat about anything and everything. Usually I'm going on about TV shows that I'm watching, but sometimes films and sometimes stuff that's going on in my life or things that are on my mind... I'll be picking that up again in a few weeks' time once all this Dexter dust is settled. Anyone listening who wants to stay in touch with me through the medium of podcast after season eight's done, hop over to Gareth's Waste of Time. It's on iTunes, and you can also find it on the Rogue 2 podcasting network, found at www.rogue2.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-T-W-O.com. That's run by uh, our good friend Elton McManus over at the Shonky Lab podcast, which is a good podcast if you're looking for... um, If you've got a taste for British podcasters and our quirky ways and our obsession with the weather and (laughs) and, and, and tea and biscuits and all that good stuff, uh, check out Shonky Lab. And uh, if you do, tell them I sent you. Uh, And Julia, all the best with your wedding and honeymoon. Britain should be a great destination for you to explore. It's a small place compared to North America, but there's a lot to see. Julia did email in again after 811 with some new thoughts, and she says this. Well, I rather enjoyed that episode, and thank goodness. It's all coming to a head, and I actually felt it in my bones. I finally felt the tension. The marshal has finally served his purpose and is out of the way. Vogel is gone, and hopefully Elway's out of the picture, because I just didn't like him anyway. There was just one bad guy left, and that's how I like it. There were some strange off things in this episode, like how Dexter went into the cabinet and pushed on the back to find the laptop, which was just too easy. But we'll let that slide. And why was all of Miami Metro at the funeral party? It just didn't really make sense, since we haven't heard of Vogel till this year. And I guess it shows how little they care when they turned her funeral into a Dexter's going away party. Yikes! Inappropriate. But... It was just so good to see everyone from the office interacting like in the old days. Frankly, as soon as Oliver came in to kill Dexter and Deborah came up behind her, behind him with her gun, I was just along for the ride. It's slightly insane that they caught him and had him strapped to the chair and then Dex and Deb decided to go on a stroll outside to have a chat. But, whatever, it's all almost over. As a TV show, it was entertaining, and in this particular episode, I did not care as much about the unrealistic parts, because it just felt a little more like how it should have felt all along, and it was nice. Yeah, good thoughts. Thanks again, Julia. A voicemail now from Chris, who we first heard from last week, and he's back. Hey, Gareth, it's Chris from Georgia calling about Dexter's Season 8, Episode 11, Monkey in a Box. Holy shit, Gareth! Holy shit. I said it twice because it bears repeating. This episode was wonderful. It was amazing. For me, it felt like a final season episode. It felt like the kind of episode I've been wanting all season. 
there have been other great episodes this season, but this is the one that first, to me, truly feels like a final season episode. It feels like the House of Cards is ready and we're just expecting it to be flicked over. I mean, between the callbacks to season one, two of which I'll mention here because I thought they were so wonderful, the first one being the killer sneaking into Dexter's apartment to kill the Morgan in the bed, only this time instead of the ice truck killer it was Oliver, and instead of Dexter saving Deb, it was Deb saving Dexter. And of course the parallel at the end of the first season, Dexter wants all these people to cheer for him. He wants confetti and balloons and an airplane. And here he didn't quite get that, but in Papa's bar, all of his coworkers and friends were cheering for him. They love him. Exactly what he wanted in the first season is exactly what he's got for different reasons, but they're there. I don't know, I just, I, I ate all that up. Then you've got the Deb and Quinn storyline. I know last week and for much of the season I've bemoaned it, and admittedly they could have gotten there sooner, but seeing Deb put all that stuff up on her desk and seeing Quinn pull the ring out of his desk drawer, yeah, it may have been a little cheesy, but I'm sorry, I bought it. I really buy it. And I buy Deborah wanting to be happy, and I want her to be happy. Admittedly, I want Dexter to be happy too, and we see how that's probably going to go with the end of this episode. But either way, I, I had the buy-in. Even Matthew's got a nice scene. I don't know if it justifies a series regular casting status, but still, it was a very nice scene with his character and Deborah and Dexter. But of course, the big monkey in the box here is Oliver Saxon and Dexter. Dexter had him strapped down, ready to kill him, and not only did he not need to kill him, he didn't even want to. He just was turning him over to Deborah, so much so that Ghost Harry says he's not needed anymore. Dexter has effectively rid himself of his compulsion to kill. He is has a compulsion to love Hannah, to go into the light. I know I was the one that was always saying to my friends, I was always saying, oh, Dexter can't lose his compassion to kill, or compulsion to kill, it'll ruin the show, it makes no sense, he's a psychopath, but, you know, I bought it. I, 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 I bought it, I guess. They've, they've done the groundwork. He's right. All of his kills for the past two seasons have felt more necessity-based than they have need-based. And I just, I just bought it. I mean, when he let Oliver live, when he walked away, I knew it was a mistake. I felt in my gut, I wanted to see that guy stabbed and chopped into pieces and thrown in the ocean, and my lizard brain was screaming. But at the same time, I also felt it emotionally for the character. It's going to come back and bite him, maybe destroy him, but I felt it. You know, a lot of this, Gareth, I have to thank you for as well. I mean, all this season, I'd kind of been feeling this unease, I guess. I felt myself going, you know, God, I, I love Dexter so much, and I'm always complaining. I don't like this storyline. I don't like that storyline. They need to do this differently. They need to do that differently. And I just, I wasn't happy feeling that way. And then the last podcast episode you did, you kind of echoed a similar feeling of, you know, I love Dexter and I'm always complaining. There's all these complaints. And I just kind of opened myself up to this season. And I just thought, you know what? Gareth's right. And this is how I've been feeling all season. I love Dexter. I, I fell in love with this character and this show, you know, seven seasons ago. And it's getting ready to end. Two hours at the time, and then it'll be over. Completely gone, never to come back. Do I want to spend these last two hours, these last two weeks, complaining about the show, nitpicking it, feeling 
sorry for myself that the final season wasn't what I wanted? Or do I want to get on this roller coaster, strap myself in, raise my hands up, and scream as it goes down the tracks? And I chose the latter, and God, I feel free. I feel like Dexter at the end of this episode. I've got out of the darkness and the bitterness of wanting nothing but negativity and nitpicks and complaining that I didn't get what I wanted. And I'm in the light of just enjoying the story, of wanting Dexter to get away, have his family, have his cake, and kill it too. You know, slice the other cheek and then slice another one. Whatever he wants, get away, I'm, I'm on board. And it's just, it's a whole new feeling, Gareth. I love, I'm excited to see where the series is going to go in its finale. I'm excited to see how it's going to end. I'm in love with the show again, and part of that is this episode, and part of that is just my new outlook. I don't know how everybody else feels about this episode, but I hope they can feel similarly. I really do. Because it's a wonderful feeling to be in love with Dexter again. It really, really is. I hope next episode can continue on this high, because as I mentioned last week, one thing that Dexter is always good at, has always been good at, is sticking the landing. And I feel like this episode was the perfect setup for that landing. Admittedly, I think it's all going to go to crap for him. And as a viewer, I'm simultaneously excited for that. But as a friend of the character, I'm terrified of that. But I'm just... I don't know. I'm excited, Gareth. I'm tingling, and I'm in love with the show again. This is one night I was able to watch Breaking Bad and Dexter in a row and not feel a drop in quality, of not feeling like I'm going from this to that. I, I felt I rode that wave all the way. And I'm just, I'm excited for the end of the show. And I'm sad about for it as well. Anyway, Gareth, uh, that's my thoughts. And again, I can't wait to hear what everybody else thinks. I hope that they're in love with this episode as much as I am. Who knows, maybe I'm in the minority, but even if I am, I don't care. Because I'm in the light now. And it's really nice here. Thanks for the inspiration, Gareth. I can't wait for the next episode, both of Dexter and of your podcast. And uh, until next time, and you and I can dissect some more Dexter together. <laughs> All right, bro. Later. Thanks, Chris. That's a fantastic voicemail. And I loved your little tribute to the podcast using my sign-off line. Damn fine audio quality there too. And uh, just let you know that I've had some good feedback from listeners about your voicemail from last week, uh, giving you some props. So uh, good work. You really are an oasis of positivity, of, of, of great positivity, because Julia just now was, uh, was pretty positive. And you share my new resolve for these last two episodes, even if I came across as a bit more negative compared to you. But that's OK. The episode did feel like a final season episode, with a sense of urgency and tension. But, like I said, what a shame we weren't getting this sort of thing weeks ago. I didn't talk about the puppers scene in my review, because it didn't really interest me that much compared to some of the other stuff that was going on. Although, I did like Dexter's conversation with Quinn, essentially giving him his blessing to be with his sister again. Batista said some nice words, and it was warming to see everyone showing their appreciation for Dexter. Like you said, Chris, it wasn't like he 
fantasised at the end of season one. Not appreciation for taking out the trash, but appreciation nonetheless. And for Dexter, receiving that kind of thing must be reassuring and affirmation that he belongs and people think well of him. I hope we're not the only positive ones after the finale. Hell, I hope we're all positive, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I'll settle for a maybe a 50-50 split after the way things have been going lately. Moving forward, an email now from Jacob Newman who says, I like this episode. It had tension, drama, fast pace, and I was applauding the choice that Dexter made. The only problem I have, and I'm sorry to bring up something negative, was that Marshall Clayton didn't recognise Saxon. Oh yeah, Clayton, Jacob. <laughs> Did I call him Marshall Cooper in my review? That was a boo-boo, wasn't it? <laughs> Clayton. Sorry, back to your email. How had the Marshal not heard of the alert out for Saxon and did not know that Saxon was the brain surgeon. Was he that focused on following Deb that he didn't turn on his radio or talk to anyone or stop for gas like Saxon did? That's a pretty big elephant in the room. Had to mention it. Pushing that aside, I was very happy and I'm looking forward to next week's finale. I think that Deborah will die and let's see what Dexter does in response. Thanks, Jacob. Another positive person there and great to see because... There's some negative stuff to come, so uh, maybe I should have got the negatives read out first and <laughs> get the positives for the end. <laughs> oh well, such is life. Here we go. A voicemail from Sandra in Germany. How would you like to see Dexter end? I don't know. Right, that's me on the train. This episode was not as bad as the last one, but it was not a good episode either. For a penultimate episode of a show, it was a disaster. Let's start with the good things first. Miguel Prado's wife is back as a real estate dealer. That is a nice little Easter egg I really enjoyed. And the hurricane is called Laura after Laura Moser, Dexter's mother. Another little detail for the fans. And something we have been waiting to happen for a long time. The dark passenger personified by Harry is gone. Now on to the bad things. Harrison is back with Jamie and does not tell her about Hannah and his accident. No suspicions raised there. Another two minutes wasted on Masuka and his daughter. Dexter decides not to kill Oliver. If they hadn't used this on us so many times before, I might have been okay with it. But Dexter did have the opportunity to kill people before and didn't, and that did not pay off for him. There was no other way to create Oliver as a threat to Dexter and his loved ones, more believable, more gripping way. And here's what troubles me all season long. There are so many better ways to do things, so why not do them? Like stalking Oliver. Why have Dexter perform another magic computer trick to find his kill room when he stops by once every hour anyways? Just follow him and get it over with. 
The moment Dexter and Deborah stepped outside to say their goodbyes, I knew that Marshall would come in and free Oliver. It was not suspenseful, it was dull and stupid. Hannah is still not disguising herself. She was all over the news, even the nurse recognized her. But checking into a hotel is no problem. And how can they try to sell us the idea that Hannah can leave the country on a plane? Why even try? Why not take the boat and leave this way? Would the Dexter we know take the chances of discovery? The Hannah story bugs me from start to finish. Last season he handed her over to a life in jail because she was too dangerous and he chose Deb. Now he leaves his life behind, including Deborah, because he loves Hannah so much. Why not have him discover another way that his humanity won over the dark passenger? He could have called Lumen and hooked up with her again. Matthews and Batista are wasted this season and could have been such good threats for Dexter. If they only followed up on Laguetta's suspicions, these were all buried under a bench. Man, I love the show and am mad that the writers make me nag about it. People would hate that. Yeah. They would get really mad. It's the little things that matter. Again, no passwords on any computer, not even Deborah's at home. And the serial killer Saxon did not need to protect his computer with a password because he hid it so well. Unnecessary, totally unnecessary. Just the DNA match should be enough to get the police to investigate Oliver closer. No video clips required. Where is the suspense we expect for the penultimate episode of Dexter? Oliver staring at Dexter isn't creeping me out. I have seen Trinity. I am spoiled. Hello, Dexter Morgan. <laughs> If they wanted to show us the reformed Dexter from monster to human, they could have done so much better. On the Avenging Angels podcast, they suggested that Dexter wakes up at the end of the season and has to relive season eight again and again until he gets it right, Groundhog Day style. I thought it would be interesting to do a final season of 12 finales. Oh, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah. 12, so in each episode, it's a different yeah. implausible way that Dexter dies. Exactly. Let's try this. Like I predicted, Deborah goes first, so we will see Hannah die next week. I bet Travis has a party. So what can we expect from the finale that will leave us stunned? If he's going to die, he should die funny. You know, like he, he represents himself in court and he gets himself off and he's walking down the courthouse steps and he gets hit by a bus. <laughs> See, I don't know either. Well, that's, yeah, that's the way to show people your commitment. That's a good idea. <laughs> Thanks, Sandra. I like the sound effects that you've been using on your voicemails lately. I also like that you listed some positives to begin with, although I did note that the negatives took up about 80% of your message. <laughs> you say that there were better ways to do things, so why didn't they do them? It reminds me, quite obviously really, that they have a room full of writers. It's not like it's just one person in a room writing the whole show with no one to tell them hang on this won't make compelling tv or wait a second this is bollocks it makes no logical sense no it's essentially writing by committee they break the episode as a group 
and they spend days or weeks discussing possible storylines. These things they've been doing, these will presumably have had the backing of the whole team, not just the showrunner. It makes it all the worse for me. But of course, I kind of have a new mantra, if I can't articulate it as succinctly as trust the show. It's just a note to myself to step back and try to enjoy the show. Which is hard when I do a podcast called Dissecting Dexter, which kind of requires me to overanalyse and, and deep think things. But like you guys, I am a fan of the show, first and foremost. On the emails, Sandy and Island writes, I'm annoyed at Dexter. I'm sure you noticed the nice nod to Breaking Bad with the poster of the periodic table of elements in Dexter's office. I like this. What annoyed me most about this week's episode was when the FBI agent went into the room and saw Saxon tied to the table. Saxon's face was all over the news as a wanted man and he didn't recognise him? Come on! Are the writers really going to end this with Dexter being arrested for harbouring a fugitive? Really? Come on! While I'm on a moaning roll, it has always bugged like a lot of your listeners, with Hannah hiding in Deb's house. For God's sake, why couldn't they restrict her to one room in the back instead of parading around the place? I know Trust the Show is the podcast mantra, but hello? One episode left and they give us this drivel? This week was dull. I can't be the only one thinking this. I wonder if this season was watched in bulk instead of waiting each week for new episodes. Would it have improved our watching experience? Anyhow, thankfully the quality of the podcast far outweighs the show itself. Keep up the good work. Thanks very much, Sandy. I don't know if I can still maintain the mantra of the podcast as being trust the show, because I think our trust has been dented this season. <laughs> and for some of you, completely obliterated. But... Don't honestly know if marathoning this season would help things. Maybe it would. But your complaints are all perfectly valid. I'm sorry that what I perceived as increased tension this week didn't do anything to enhance your own enjoyment, but what can I say? You feel the way you do, and it's not your fault. Danielle from Australia is emailed to say, This was a better episode, and I didn't mind it. But the damage has been done, and I'm just not that excited. It feels so rushed as they try to wrap everything up, and I think the build-up for the finale could have been carried over more episodes than just the last two or three. For most of the season, it didn't even feel like this was the end. The first time Deborah was shot with Lundy, I felt so worried for her. This time, the emotion wasn't as strong. Do other people feel that most of what we are seeing we've seen before? I mean, it never ends well when Dexter lets someone off the table. And it's not the first time that Dexter has realised that he doesn't need to kill. It's this circular pattern in Dexter's life that leads me to think that Dexter will not end up dead. The irony being that just when he understands that he has emotions and doesn't need to pretend he has them, those people that he cherishes will be killed. There will be no happy ending for Dexter. He will be stuck in Miami, possibly with Harrison, but otherwise alone, and he will once again revert to his old self, and maybe even worse now that his anchors to humanity have been lost. Ran out of breath there. <laughs> Danielle says, yes, there were things that bugged me in this episode, but I won't whinge about them all. But come on, how silly is that US Marshal? He saw Deborah go into that building. He must have known something was up. But hey, here is a guy strapped to a chair and without question, he just unties him. 
seems unprofessional and foolish at least. I still look forward to the final episode, but it's not with the same anticipation and excitement that I expected. Here's hoping. Thanks very much, Danielle. It sounds like your feelings about the episode were more like my own, appreciating it as a better episode, but the damage for the season has been done. Elsewhere in the email bag, Mike Lanich has written in, So, I think that we can all agree that last week's episode may have been the worst episode of Dexter ever, and there have been a few real stinkers over the last several seasons. The stench of last week was palpable, so it was a relief that this, this, this week's episode, Monkey in a Box, was better. However, that's like standing ten feet above a pile of shit. It doesn't smell quite as bad as if you were right next to it. But it also doesn't smell like roses either. The pacing alone in this episode was much better and helped elevate the penultimate episode, but there were also some really weird comments and decisions that frustrated me no end. The first one was at the beginning of the episode when Dexter was at Vogel's house and said that he had to call the murder in because he didn't want to be seen leaving the scene of a murder. Um, okay, so exactly how often has Dexter been seen leaving the scene of a crime over the years? It's a residential area, but it seemed like Vogel's throat being slit hadn't yet caused screams of panic and calls for the police and 911. Contrivance of the plot, but it's annoying when characters begin making decisions because of a plot problem and not ones they would ordinarily make. More on that later. I like how Harrison, having just returned from the hospital, had neither any stitches or at the very least a band-aid. Really? Sigh. And the kid actor playing him did a much better job earlier in the season, but seems to have progressively gotten worse with each episode since mid-season. However, all of the decisions that frustrated me this episode, it was Dexter's decision not to kill Saxon in the end, and I'll explain why. While Saxon and Dexter were talking truce in his apartment, Saxon threatened that if he did not, his new family might end up in a similar fate to Rita. Dexter got this steely glint in his eye, and you could tell this pissed him off. He then says... He wants me to walk away when he just reminded me why I can't. Point taken. So then, when he's ready to kill Saxon, he simply decides he doesn't want to and leaves it to Deb to take him in. While I can appreciate his realisation that he doesn't want to kill, it goes against everything he mentioned in his apartment. Not killing Trinity when he could have led to Rita's death. Leaving Saxon has obvious horrific consequences, but killing him would have meant there would be zero chance... He could have escaped police custody or simply harmed anyone ever again. After going on for the last several episodes about chasing down Saxon for the safety of his family, it seems awfully convenient that not doing so was the best choice, considering past choices. And honestly, let's face it, it was done because Marshal Clayton was outside. Had he killed Saxon, Clayton would have caught him and endgame. So it's a nice character moment, but it was a forced character choice to serve the plot rather than how a character would behave. Even a Dexter not needed or wanting to kill would have done it, because it would have ensured the safety of everyone he loved. His voiceover could have been something like this. I don't need to kill Saxon. It's only in this moment that I realise just how much I don't want to at all. But Rita died because I let Trinity live. I can't make that mistake again. I won't let that happen. Knife to the chest. But instead, Deb has been shot because Clayton suffers from idiot syndrome and is now dead. I mean, wouldn't he have recognised Saxon from the 24-hour news cycle of coverage and photos all over the place? This season seems to be filled with tons of sloppy writing and convenient plotting with characters making some decisions that they would never make. 
I also feel bad for David Zayas. He actually looks bored. I can understand. Scene after scene of sitting behind a desk is actually quite boring for us. So imagine his, th his distress. So why hasn't Batista or Quinn been killed during the series? Still trying to figure this out. Other points. 1. Why didn't Dexter follow Saxon from the police station? 2. Wouldn't Dexter be worried that Saxon would tell the police he's a serial killer? 3. I like that Harry disappeared, like an imaginary friend going away when you turn 38. I mean, 8. 4. I think All You Need Is Love by The Beatles should have been playing as Dexter walked away from Deb to go to Hannah. I mean, obviously, it's all he needed to conquer his dark passenger. And 5. This season is all about the shiny veneer. Scratch below it and questionable character choices and plot contrivances bubble beneath the surface. Thanks very much, Mike. You know, it's funny. I didn't give any thought to whether last week's episode was the worst ever. You may be feeling that way because it's fresh in your mind as a stinker. I mean, there have certainly been poor episodes before, but 810 needed to be so much better. If it hadn't been the final season, we might have been more forgiving. So, given the greater responsibility of 810, you have a valid claim. You bring up a series of good points about 811, and some I'd not mentioned in my review. Honestly, for me, things like the lack of stitches on Harrison's chin were mild irritations, but were totally secondary to the main storyline, so I didn't include them, but it's good to pick up on them here. I completely agree with you about Dex's decision not to kill Saxon. I won't repeat the reasoning because I've been over it in my review and you sum it up well in your email. It did serve to facilitate what was to happen next and really, even if he didn't need to kill Saxon, we can argue that he had to kill Saxon because of the potential dangers of not doing it. They were just too great to risk. From one angle, it was a big character moment, but I don't think we'd have thought less of Dexter if he'd still said his speech, but then killed Saxon anyway for this reason, and acknowledged the parallel to Trinity. That would have been smart writing, and it would have been, it would have been a nice callback, and would have given him credit for learning from his mistakes. Thanks again, Mike. Over to Mickey Burns in Texas, who writes, I know everyone likes to piss moan about what they don't like about the show, so I'll spare you much of the same on my end. I've been accepting it as it comes. There's nothing I can do to change it, so what's the point in getting disappointed in something we have no control over? As people, it seems we've become so whiny and gripey that you could literally hand out gold nuggets to people and they'd post snide comments online about how it's not shiny enough or it's too yellow. People will complain about anything given the chance. With that being said, my main issue with the final season has been echoed by many people. I haven't really felt the same tension, and Dexter dodging danger as the first two seasons. Now finally, with the last few episodes of the entire series, the stakes are getting high, kind of like Masuka's daughter. Dex's doctor's dead and his damsel dashing. Saxon's still out there on the loose and Detective Deb down with a bullet in her. We're getting there, and it's about damn time they couldn't have waited much longer. I've really dug the homages and echoes of previous seasons sprinkled throughout this one. I think we should be fine as long as they don't bring Lumen back. They've been saying a storm is coming for a while. Now that it's here, we've just got to hunker down and ride this thing out together. Thanks, Gareth. I've enjoyed following along with you and your listeners and look forward to the wrap-up and rewatch podcasts. Thanks, Mickey. And some nice alliteration there. It is sad that we've had to lower our expectations in order to gain some level of entertainment. It does add to the feeling that the show has been failing us this season. 
Staying with the emails, Deanna from Alberta, Canada, or as Travis calls her, DJ Chow, she emailed with this. I will apologise in advance for the following negative diatribe, not because it's my heartfelt thoughts, but because I know you were trying to stay positive. Remember back to the first few episodes of this season, how excited most of us were. The writers put a lot of balls in play. Dexter's, sorry, Deb's dark turn with PTSD and drugs. Vogel was mysterious. She knew about the code. Deb shooting El Sapo. The brain surgeon's little gifts. Even Quinn's scenes carrying over from last season felt like they could pay off. Oh, it was fun trying to guess what was going to happen. I was fully on board at the start of the season. Jennifer Carpenter for an Emmy. Vogel was beginning to flesh out pre-pilot Dexter and Harry. Great stuff. Then something happened. Sometimes stupid plot points do take me out of the moment, but for the most part, I overlook or gloss over most of the nitpicks. It seems inevitable that when you dissect each episode, you will notice more nitpicks in a way you might not otherwise when just relaxing in front of the TV. I never expect Dexter to be a how-to guide for serial killers. After all, it is only a show, and I am being entertained. I'm one of the fans that liked Lumen, Travis Marshall, Serco, and, dare I say, Hannah. I always felt seasons 1 to 4 were the best, but I still loved watching seasons 5 to 7 Dexter and then dissecting it with you, Gareth, and all your listeners. But, on the other hand, I understand all those nitpicks because in the beginning the show set itself up to be smarter than other shows and claimed that Dexter was a neat monster. Just wear some freaking gloves already! They're not nitpicks anymore when they become par for the course of the bad writing. The writers have started taking too many shortcuts that have strained my willing suspension beyond the breaking point. And I don't feel like playing along anymore. It is cheap writing to resort to all the computer wizardry Dexter has used in the past four seasons, over and over again. Yet no one uses passwords, except Deb's fucking password. We wrote ourselves into a corner again, but with a tappity-tappity-tap and Bob's your uncle, Dexter the computer hacker extraordinaire has the info he needs. While Dexter can do this, apparently no one can reverse-check him when he sends data from his computer. I didn't really like Monkey in a Box. Deb being shot in the last moment was interesting to the final episode, but really, who didn't see that coming? It's too cliché that she gets her head straight, rekindles love, comes to terms with Dexter and gets her job back. It was well telegraphed. The whole episode had an occasional moment of interest, interspersed with far too much boring waste of time for a penultimate episode. I like Masuka, but what was the point of his story? Argue, make up, argue, make up... Oh, hey, sorry I told you not to show up at work late and high. That's okay, Dad. Ugh. They threw in some hookers and blow to try and mollify us. Don't think it worked, though. I think they just decided to chuck in as many callbacks as they could this episode. Like Sil Prado, an Easter egg for Jonah Mitchell, Hurricane Laura, Captain Matthews for a drink and the engagement ring. Gee, they had a whole season to do this. Ah, yes, they were busy jamming in new characters and storylines with no real consequence like Zack Hamilton and Nicky. I think the writers are victims of twist ending. The completely unexpected twist of killing Rita at the end of season four was masterful. People still talk about that moment and it resonated with the fans. Maybe the writers have let themselves become slaves to the twist ending. They feel they have to blindside us, a la Professor Geller now. 
We have become conspiracy theorists and pick apart every little detail. That's the only explanation for so many red herrings and dropped plot threads. Maybe you have another explanation. I realise the writers have been trying to grow Dexter. He is not the same emotionless monster that was pulled by his dark passenger, hunting prey in Miami. Dexter has been the little wooden boy that learned to be real and will have to suffer the pain that comes with love and loss now. That is a great premise for a story. Too bad they left the conclusion to just the last episode. It feels like they could have tagged the end of this season to season 7 and we wouldn't have missed much. Maybe that's why I'm so angry and unforgiving this season. Look back at the promos for this season. They have little or nothing to do with what they actually put on screen. A promise unfulfilled. I'll be looking forward to your next two podcasts. I always enjoy the thought-provoking commentary from you in the feedback section. Hope you are still finding pleasure in your podcasting. Thanks very much, Deanna. I am. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Very measured thoughts there, despite your palpable annoyance at the season. I mean, we all agree that the season has been disappointing, and you're right. Those pre-season promos were fantastic and really did a great job. A brilliant job, even. A great job of, of getting us excited and revved up for the final season. I'm not going to defend the show and be an apologist for them. I've done my fair share of that in the past. I'm disappointed too. I've talked a lot about my own thoughts in the review this week and last week. You know what I think. I'll let you guys have your say and we'll move on to the next email. But thanks, Deanna. You always sound so nice and calm and mild-mannered in your emails. Uh, voicemails, sorry. That I feel bad that the show's got you feeling like this. <laughs> Sheila Jones from San Diego wrote to say, Well, just when you think things can't get any worse, they do. Just watched episode 11 and it was abysmal. I won't go into any details because there were so many things wrong with it. Sorry, but I can't help comparing it with the latest Breaking Bad, which I watched after Dexter. My reaction to Breaking Bad was, Oh my God! Whereas my reaction to Dexter was, Thank God there's only one episode left. I will watch the last episode next week, but only because I've watched every show and every episode in the series. I really don't care what happens to any of the characters anymore. I just hope that Dexter and Hannah don't end up living happily ever after. That would really be vomit-inducing. Love your podcasts. Much more entertaining than the show. Thanks, Sheila. I'm really happy that you enjoy the podcast, but really, what's the world come to? <laughs> the podcast is meant to complement the TV show, not the other way round. Marco Martinez emailed to say, first time email, a long time listener, to begin with thanks for all your hard work you put into the podcast. Your podcast definitely enriches my Dexter experience. This final season has been very lacklustre. This does not feel like the end. I personally would have been happy if they'd ended it with season 7. 7 just had everything that I'd been looking forward since, the, since season 1, especially Deb finding out who Dexter really was. I just feel like the writers just want to give Dexter some lame happy ending. As a Dexter viewer, my favourite parts of Dexter are when he's in real jeopardy of getting caught. Thanks, Marco. You're echoing my opinion there that the show's at its best when Dexter's in real jeopardy of getting caught. Still on email, Tony wrote in with this. I've been listening to the podcast since the start of this final season, but this is my first time writing in. I don't want to bore anyone with my analysis of the latest episode. I'll just say that I enjoyed it very much. Anyway, the main reason I'm writing in is to predict what will happen in the finale. 
Please note, I know no spoilers of any sort. This is all just prediction. Somehow, Hannah and Harrison will end up at the airport together, with Dexter having to meet them there due to hearing about Deb being shot. Dexter will say his final goodbyes to everyone, giving us a sense of closure with all the characters. With the Marshal dead, Elway is the only liability. As Elway is hunting Hannah down, Quinn shows up to arrest him for the murder of El Sapo. OK, I'll admit that's a loose theory, but Elway has to be taken off the trail somehow, right? At some point in the episode, Daniel is caught and found guilty and given the death penalty. Hannah and Harrison will be waiting at the terminal for Dex, but he won't show up. It will turn out that Daniel, the perfect psychopath, will somehow intercept Dexter on his way there. And put him on the table, as he has put so many others on before. He had lost the battle due to his desire to balance both worlds. We as viewers get to see Dexter say goodbye to his friends and family before he leaves the airport, so we get our closure. Nobody suspects that he's dead or missing, as they all think he's just left the country. Hannah is left to take care of Harrison alone and is forced to flee to Argentina out of options. Hannah is heartbroken, knowing Dexter is most likely dead. She will raise Harrison as her own and he will always be her reminder of his father. The final moments are flashes of Hannah boarding the plane, holding back tears. Daniel smiling as he's electrocuted and Dexter being put on the table in a flashback of sorts as his brain is cut into. The screen will fade to red and then black. The alternative is the ending we're all predicting, that Dexter kills Daniel and gets a happy ending. If that happens, none of the writers on the show should be allowed to write for television ever again. Thanks, Tony. Interesting theory. Whether there'd be enough time span within the chronology of the final episode to depict Daniel first getting caught, getting put on trial, and then being... Um, given the death penalty and then being electrocuted, that um, would require some considerable flash-forwards, I think. Because, as we know, the speed at which the legal process um, progresses is not particularly quick, is it? <laughs> I'm not predicting the finale to be a completely happy one, although if there isn't a touch of the dark humour that we love so much when the show first started, I'll be disappointed. Although, to be fair, I might be disappointed anyway, but the dark humour always went down with me. Thanks, Tony. Tom in Poland emailed to say, You know, I didn't think it was possible, but this one was even worse than the last one. I was so freaking bored. About 20 O's there. And then it turned all sappy and shit. And that ending, it was so freaking lame. Deborah had plenty of time to shoot Saxon in that scene and still got shot. And what saddens me is that I don't give a crap about the fact that she might die, though I don't think so. Awful, awful. I cannot believe this shit. I'm so angry. No other show ever pissed me off so bad. And that shows how good it once was. And that's why this bothers me so much. Whew, Tom, <laughs> I feel your pain, brother. Um, obviously, I'm <laughs> um, I probably felt this a couple of weeks ago and uh, I've kind of moved on from, from that. Although I, I probably didn't. Yeah, I did. I did that bonus episode, didn't I, when I, I was probably at my uh, rock bottom with the show. <laughs> Um, but wow you're in a dark place there um, I hope the finale has something positive for you that, that's all I can say uh, although I do completely agree Deb really should have got a shot off um, when she had the uh, she, she had her gun pointed right at him and she's trained for this kind of stuff <laughs> okay um, staying with the emails as I record I see I've got an email that's come in from Linda Blosher, 
uh, from Germany. So I've not got any response prepared for this email, but I'll, I'll read it out anyway. She says, Hi Gareth, I'm happy to report that after taking your advice and letting my inner critic rest, I really enjoyed this episode. There were lots of great quote-unquote last scenes. I liked Dexter's farewell speech or sentence to Miami Metro. It was very Dexter and reminded me of the speech he gave at Rita's funeral in that it was very short, but also very authentic. All the scenes with Deb were great and really got me invested again. And of course, saying goodbye to Harry was a milestone for Dexter. He doesn't need to kill anymore, so he doesn't need Harry slash the code anymore, at least as long as he's in love with Hannah. They really show this episode that Dexter has changed and not only told us or hinted at us. I also liked all the callbacks to earlier seasons. In the conversation with Saxon in the kill chair, they joked about the low murder solving rate in Miami and Saxon said he liked the Cuban food in Miami. I seem to remember Dexter mentioning these exact same things in the pilot. The creepy hospital also reminded me of the one where, Brain, where Brian Moser took one of his victims. And of course, bringing back Sylvia Prado was a nice gesture to the fans. That being said, I couldn't help but notice a few plot holes and inconsistencies. Leaving traces while removing traces. Batista not letting Dexter work the case because he knew the victim. Is that a new rule? Dexter and Hannah having a conversation about how they'll be untraceable, but Astor and Cody can come visit for Christmas. Syl saying she took some time off to focus on the kids, when in season three it was well established she and Miguel suffered from infertility. Letting Saxon, who knows everything about Dexter, go. Still, I enjoyed the hour very much and it really got me excited for the finale. It's a little late in the series, but not too late. Thanks, Linda. I think some would argue that it might be too late. And I fear, from my own personal perspective, that it might be too little too late. We really should have had this sort of... Um, progression and sense of urgency several episodes ago really your comment about Sylvia Prado saying time to focus on the kids that's an interesting one I don't have any recollection of her and Miguel being um, having infertility problems whether she has since remarried although maybe that would have been referred to in the conversation I, I don't know but I don't remember anything about infertility but that's not to say it's not true uh, so, good catch, if, if that was the case. So, um, credit to you for that. Thanks, Linda. Here's a voicemail from Travis. Is this it? And this might be it for for all of us. That It's the penultimate episode, season 8. Episode 11, Monkey in a Box. And I'm sure I don't need to restate the general consensus regarding the quality of this season. I won't. I've certainly been a part of that uh, movement However, I did find myself kind of liking this episode, believe it or not. And I certainly very well could have just willed myself to like it. Because, I, I mean, I want to like it. It's, I, I, I even I find myself questioning, like, why, you know, why do you watch something if you don't like it so much? I mean, how important is it that I've spent time doing this? Like, oh, I've spent eight years. I have to finish it. Like, does it, do I really care about that? So I want to like it. And I did. I think I did. But I, and I think I genuinely liked it. Because things are finally closing. Well, what a shocker, right? I mean, they better. It should have been doing that all season. But now, in this second last episode, it feels like things are finally ending. We're not introducing new characters. Characters are leaving. Vogel, gone, of course. Harry is gone. He kind of overstayed his welcome. Which pains me to say, because everybody loves James Remar. I've met him once at Comic-Con, and he was fantastic in like the 40-second exchange we had. Um... But yeah, the character, man, I mean, he was 
he, he stuck around too long. The the flashbacks, I, he works best in flashbacks, I think. Him as, as Ghost Dad, starring Bill Cosby, him being in that role, it doesn't suit the show. But, so, it looks like Harry's gone. Um, and Vogel's gone, and uh, that, that uh, dude from The Shield and Sons of Anarchy or whatever, he's gone. So, I mean, it's closing finally. Uh, so that's good, right? But this isn't to say that the episode was was flawless. Far from that. Of course, there are little things like we, we're still wasting time, even if it is just like 20 seconds on the Masuka family. Like, all right, I don't care. Why is Masuka apologizing to her for her behavior? Now, I'm not saying um, he shouldn't be apologizing. Well, I'm not saying that her smoking pot's the worst thing in the world. Like, don't apologize. She was smoking pot. I don't give a fuck if she's smoking pot. But it's like, no, you did show up to, to your work. You did show up to your job late. And you were in an altered state of mind. That's, there's no excuse for either of that. You're working for the goddamn police, girl. Why is Masuka apologizing to her? I don't know. Whatever. I spent more time than I should have talking about them, too, anyway. Um, you know, uh, I, I find it weird that Dexter was not allowed to work Vogel's crime scene because what Batista said was there was some sort of conflict of interest. Like, you were too close to the victim. That totally makes sense. But why the hell was Dexter allowed to do the blood work on Quinn's shoe in season five? Is there not a conflict of interest there when, you know, Dexter's doing blood work for a co-worker's case? Ugh, you know, whatever. This shit don't make sense. I don't even think Harrison had stitches on his chin this episode. <coughs> I don't know. Excuse me. <coughs> uh, Hannah's still around. You know, whatever, man. Whatever. I ain't, got, I ain't got anything to say about that. Of course, the big thing that happened this episode is Deb gets shot. Um, I don't know. I guess she could die. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking she's not. I'm not entirely sure the purpose of her getting shot and not dying immediately would be, other than unless she wants to have some sort of bedside death, I mean, deathbed, like, confession with Dexter or something. I don't know. I mean, she just got shot in, like, the, the kidney. I don't know. She got shot in the side. She got shot before from, you know, when Christine Hill or whatever. Was that her name? Trinity's daughter. When she shot her, I don't know. But all this is to say, I have to sneeze maybe? No, I'm not going to sneeze. All this is to say that um, I liked the episode and and I am looking forward to the end now that it is finally ending. That's the dumbest thing I've ever said. Why are you listening to me? I'm speechless. You quite like this episode? I'm so used to you raining on Scott Buck's parade that I was quite taken aback by this positivity. But it's good. I'm encouraged. But like me, your experience wasn't blemish-free. Although it's a pointless storyline, you make a good point about Masuka's daughter. Why was he apologising to her? She might have smoked pot before, but she's now working at Miami Metro, and with that, surely comes responsibilities. They're all evidently on call to maybe have to go out to a crime scene at any time, so for them not to take any drugs, it seems quite a reasonable expectation of an employee. I don't think she had much right to be so indignant last week, and Masuka shouldn't have apologised, and although the point about, hey, I'm new to this dad stuff, I overstepped the mark, while it might hold true ordinarily, that she's an employee of Miami Metro, she really ought to be taking that a bit more seriously. Your point about Dexter not being allowed to work Vogel's case. It was fair of Batista to say that, but in hindsight, looking back, you're right to say that Dexter ought not to have been working quite a few cases he was close to. 
dare I say it, just served the plot to have him do it? Quinn's example was a good one. Although they might argue Quinn was a colleague, not a close friend or family member, so I guess that's the difference. Thanks, Travis. Uh, as I record this, I, I mentioned Linda's email that came in, but uh, also a voicemail from Ian in Bristol. Um, <laughs> fashionably late, although to be fair, I am recording earlier this week than I had the last couple of weeks. So actually, Ian isn't really late, it's me that's early, <laughs> or ultra-efficient, whichever way you want to look at it so um apologies ian i'm not in a position to download and listen to your voicemail <laughs> um as i'm recording in the mobile studio at the moment but uh i'll insert it here when i edit and um i'm sure it's a good one so thanks in advance gareth ian from bristol commenting on dexter series 8 episode 11 at last some improvement to the storyline i say improvement but that's from very poor to just about acceptable Debs gets shot in a suitably non-lethal part of the body, and Daniel manages to flee the scene, setting up the final episode as a hunt the bad guy before the bad guy gets Dexter scenario. All that time with Dexter claiming he can't leave Miami until he kills Daniel, and as soon as he gets him on the kill table, he decides he doesn't need to kill him after all. A fine time for Dexter to find his humanity. Dexter appears to have found another computer skill we've not seen before. He can apparently find computers hidden in massive buildings. I assume he can smell them. We'll see them through walls, just more silliness to allow the plot to progress. I still believe in the old mantra, trust the show. It's just the writers that I don't trust anymore. As one of your contributors last week said, I wish they'd just let Debs kill Dexter instead of LaGuerta last year. That would have been a fitting ending to the show instead of this mess. Instead, we get new characters which are developed and killed off, and the existing characters don't get any storylines at all. What the hell are the writers thinking? I've never written drama before, but I reckon that even I could write a better storyline than this mess. So, we have 55 minutes left to wrap up not just this storyline, but also the entire programme. I'm predicting lots of hanging threads and not very much satisfaction, but let's wait and see. As always, thanks for the podcast, Gareth, and I look forward to venting my frustrations after the finale. Finally, finally, another email that's come in while I've been recording... It's from Tim in Australia who says, Hi Gareth, thought I'd drop you a line about episode 11, which I thought was good. I like where our main characters were at for most of the episode. Deb back with Miami Metro, rekindling things with Quinn and seemingly happy, and Dex making a breakthrough and perhaps ditching his dark passenger. As with any good penultimate episode, though, it all turned to shit at the end. This sets things up pretty well for a grand finale. I liked Oliver's warning to Dexter in his apartment. I think this was his best scene of the season. He finally came across as quite chilling and threatening rather than just a one-dimensional nutter. I also liked some of the byplay between characters this episode. There were a lot of nice interactions. What I didn't like was Oliver at the police station. Firstly, what was his motivation to do this? Dexter hadn't released the video at this point, so I don't see a burning need to clear his name. It seemed more like he was messing with Dexter. But surely someone who's smart enough to perform brain surgery would know that going to the cops and potentially having to provide DNA might not be such a smart move. But he is a nut job, so I'm prepared to let this slide. What isn't accept acceptable is Dexter not following him. After getting the swab, Oliver was still in the room with Quinn. This gave Dexter plenty of time to get into position to follow Oliver. WTF. The ending was pretty tense, but had a couple of issues. That marshal deserved a good knifing, given he's dumb enough to let a guy out of restraints without question, especially after a police officer and a forensic ex expert have gone to the trouble of placing him in them. In them. 
As for Deb getting shot, every TV or movie viewer knows when a main character gets shot only in the side of the stomach, it means a short stint in hospital and then they're fine. Maybe they should have made it unclear where Deb was shot. Nevertheless, a very solid episode with good performances and nice character work. Can't wait for the big one next week. I have a feeling it will be surprisingly great. Thanks, Tim. I hope you're right, my friend. <laughs> um, you're not the first one to make that point about the position uh, on Deb's body where she got shot. Uh, and, and I'm inclined to agree with you. I did have a, a strong feeling that she was going to die, and, and maybe she still will. I mean, she was seemed to be losing blood pretty quickly. Uh, so who knows? Or, or maybe she'll... Um, maybe Oliver will come back and, and finish her off in hospital. Although, if murdering her was... Um, was on his agenda maybe he would have uh, shot her again while she was down on the floor um, I mean he, he was pretty keen to escape the room fairly smartish um, but he could have turned around and just popped another couple of shots off before leaving the room um, although that said Deb was of course <laughs> unloading her own weapon in his general direction so maybe a sense of self-preservation um, won out on that occasion uh, but perhaps we'll be back to finish the job uh, later on we shall see. Um, Oliver at the police station, that, that's an interesting one. Um, my initial reaction was that he, he was going there in a, in a Trinity kind of way, just to taunt Dexter uh, and to show him that um, that he's still here and uh, just just to sort of give him a, a, a wave and sort of <laughs> be a troll, I suppose. <laughs> um, whether he was... Was he genuinely trying to clear his name in the hope that maybe after he was whatever was going on with Dexter was finished in whatever way uh, he might still be able to continue his life in Miami maybe that was part of his thinking there I don't know like you say he would be foolish to think that they wouldn't take a sample of his DNA uh, so maybe he he dropped the ball there and of course because uh, he was a bit alarmed when they mentioned about the DNA you could see the look of just the flash of brief panic on his face so I don't think he was expecting that Okay, that's it for your feedback this week. Thanks very much, everybody. Um, for the finale next week, uh, the, as I talked about, there will be a special um, group call uh, to discuss the finale. And then the week after, I will be going, going over your feedback. So uh, you do have extra time to get in your finale feedback. So don't worry about busting your gut to rush and get it in in, the, in those first couple of days after the episode airs. Um, you've got all week and probably... The, the following weekend as well to yeah, definitely the weekend after to um to get your comments in um dissecting dexter at gmail.com is the email address where you can also as you well know uh, send me uh, a voice recording mp3 um whatever format you like i'll be able to um do something with it uh there's twitter at dissect dexter and the facebook page www.facebook.com slash dissecting dexter so yes there's the feedback coming up coming the week after um sandra in germany did mention that uh, she's on holiday next week and probably wouldn't get her feedback in on time well if, if you're listening sandra don't worry uh, you do have a bit of extra time if you did want to contribute and uh, i would be interested as you've been a regular contributor this season i'd be very interested to hear as someone who's been so down on things uh, whether the finale uh, impresses you at all and indeed, I'll be very interested in anybody who's been uh, a negative Nancy, uh, like me for uh, a good chunk of the season, um, as to whether the finale turns you around 
at all, whether it goes any way to redeem the season. Uh, and I've also mentioned the top five highlights of the season um, that I will be doing uh, after, maybe a week or so after the um, feedback episode goes out. Uh, I talked about that in the intro, so I won't repeat myself now. <laughs> And that's it for my final solo podcast reviewing a new episode of Dexter. That is until the spin-off series. No. <laughs> uh, I have no idea whether there's going to be a spin-off or not. I'm hoping not, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, so um, I won't perpetuate that that gag any longer, um, if you can call it a gag. Right, I'm off, and... Um, looking forward to the finale I, I genuinely am um, it's going to be a mixture of emotions and, and as to how sad I am when it all comes to I think I will be sad um, regardless of how this final season's been I think there will be some sadness whether the sh- whether the episode will actually move me to um, uh, crying like a baby remains to be seen but um I kind of hope so, because it'll mean that it's it's done its job and um, provided an emotional punch that, uh, well, I'm hoping there's one. I am. Uh, okay, that's it. Thanks very much for your support, and until next week when I'll be dissecting some more Dexter with uh, hopefully quite a few of you. Take care, and bye for now. <laughs>